down the line for that. Okay, no worries. So I'll kick off and the, there'll just be a little pause for a second. So then, I, then I um, then I'll start. Yep. Hello and welcome to another TV Central podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. The ABC has a new drama series called Crownies, making its feature-length debut on Thursday, July the 14th at 8.30pm. With a hot young cast, including former, a former Home and Away stars, Todd Lassance, uh, Indiana Evans and Ella Scott Lynch, this is one I thought would appeal to our TV Central readers. Joining me on the phone is one of the principal cast members, Todd Lassance, who plays a DPP prosecutor, Ben McMahon. Todd, thanks for joining me here at TV Central. Absolute pleasure. No worries. Hey, look, first up, well done on the new series. Um, how is it being back in an, in episodic television series again? Um, it's it's actually it, it's quite interesting. It's really it's really fast paced. Um, I don't think uh, once you've done a, a program like Home and Away, I don't think it, there's anything in literally in the planet that's as fast paced as Home and Away is. So it's actually a good preparation for for any other television series that you work on. Um, I mean, Cloud Street was a pleasure, given that straight after Home and Away, having you know shooting up to I think it's something like 14, 15 minutes a day of actual screen time. Whereas Cloud Street, we were shooting, you know, maybe two to three minutes a day. So it was a big change, and it, it was actually a really welcome change because it, it changes the whole pace of of the work on set and how much time you have for preparation, rehearsals, etc. So the whole dynamic's different. But it's nice to be back there. Crownies isn't actually um, as fast, anywhere near as as fast paced as Home and Away, but it's still it's still up there. But I kind of like it. It's it's a good dynamic having that. That fast pace there, it teaches you to sort of work quickly and, and be prepared. So, yeah, loving it. Well, let's get um, straight into Crownies. Um, look, I've just finished watching the feature-length debut um, that starts July the 14th at 8.30pm on ABC1. Um, uh-huh. Look, I, I find it hard to pinpoint exactly what the series is, like part drama, which is sometimes quite full-on with some of the cases, part comedy, part legal, part relationship-based. It's, it's all there. Perhaps you could better describe the series than me. Yeah, interestingly enough, you've actually pretty much nailed it. We don't, we didn't really want to. Uh, I mean, you can sort of gather it from from the way the the, the story arcs and and the the characters, particularly. There's a lot of development to be had with with each character, but they they didn't really want to just pinpoint it into one particular genre. Um, they wanted it accessible to a wide range of of audiences from a character perspective, but also from storyline and as as the show itself um so you actually nailed it aaron there's 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 a variety of different dynamics to it you have the, the comedy aspects the heavy drama you've got the relationship side of things there's you know sex there's temptation there's 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 hard-hitting court scenes and then there's also the uh the personal lives and the emotional the emotional pressures of, of these young solicitors working working in uh in a cutthroat sort of environment because that that's what it is really the the dpp is so uh consuming as a person emotionally and physically and mentally you know for these for these people involved you know it's uh it's extremely demanding when you actually we we actually were visited by members of the dpp and uh got an insight into their workload and and uh the kind of time restraints that they're under and it's it's ridiculous you know they're making they're having to make, you know, life-changing decisions uh, in a matter of a couple of hours, and and choices on 
you know, whether to prosecute people and, and conditions of whether it be length of sentence, et cetera, and penalties. So it's uh, my hat off to them, to be honest. I'm glad we're just doing it as make-believe because I don't know how, how people cope, you know, with the workload that they're given in in reality. But I think I think that also in turn works to to make a, uh, you know, a, a fully developed show that people will be interested in because they do have, you know, different facets and, and each episode sort of focuses on different aspects of um, of their lives and, and of the legal system. So, it, you know, I think it's varied, you know, it keeps it interesting. Well, one of those facets that you're talking about, the, the actual cases, well, the first uh, feature-length episode deals with a case of um, two parliamentary cleaners who accused the uh, Attorney General of drugging and raping them. And also there was mm. a... Hu- a heart-wrenching case of a um, a father that allegedly pimped her disabled teenage daughter to a fellow truckie. I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, because it, with some other scenes that were a bit lighter, it came into some of these. Um, how are they to film, and and can we expect more of these sort of controversial cases throughout the series? Yeah, absolutely. If anything, it probably gets worse <laughs> with regards to the cases, and and uh, I I think I think the issue is is that we needed to do it for want of a better term, we needed to do it justice with regards to the fact that there is some heinous crimes out there. And uh, and I think it's almost making making people aware of, of what people are capable of. Um, there's certain cases that I'm sure they wouldn't deal with, but, but a lot of the cases are, are sort of loosely based on, on real life as well. You know, so it's not like they're sitting there, you know, having to make up these scenarios. Um, a lot of them are based on actual events. So for us, it's uh, the weirdest part about it is it's almost like you experience it yourself from a legal perspective because your character goes through it, you know, from from being given the case with regards to, you know, breaking the evidence down and and looking at the case files and the notes, et cetera, and the, the police evidence and everything. And then we present it to our superiors and our, our senior counsel, et cetera, and we have to make a recommendation on whether or not to prosecute and, and how long we feel, you know, is a, is a, is a justifiable sentence term, et cetera. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's fairly full on, you know, we, we kind of experience it like, like you would uh, on a very base level that a solicitor would. So you get to sort of get really, really involved in the, in the cases yourself and you form an opinion and you sort of, you get on side of your character, whether or not, you agree with him or not, you know, you have to get on side and you have to fight for what you believe in as, as a solicitor at the time. So it's, um, it's a great, it's a great dynamic. You know, you, I, I find myself discussing the cases with the other actors as well. So it's, uh, it, it gives us a bit to talk about offset and, uh, and also unfortunately makes you realize how terrible some can, you know, some people can be, uh, and what, and what they're capable of doing to other people. It's, uh, pretty confronting. Absolutely. Um, well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Now, um, these full-on cases, though, are juxtaposed uh, with with one of your fellow young lawyers, Tatum, considering breaking up with her cocaine-using boyfriend. There are some mm. party scenes, sex on the boss's desk, and some interesting outfits being worn in the first episode in the office. Tell me what it's like filming those scenes in, in amongst the more heavy legal scenes that I mentioned. Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of... Um... Uh, my my character goes through, you know, sort of a life-changing situation within the first three to four episodes. So for him, I had quite a, 
quite a serious journey to go on in a very short period of time. Um, but it's interesting. It's sort of uh, the dynamic of the people is extremely realistic, uh, with regard to their experiences and what they go through. And, and I think because of the high pressures of the job, the, the parting side of things is, is reflected through, through all the characters as well. Um, you know, letting their hair down so forth. And then also the, the relationships within the DPP. And I think, you know, from an audience perspective, everyone wants to see relationships and, 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 uh, you know, a bit of flirtation and a little bit of, uh, physicality, <laughs> for example, on the desk, like you mentioned. So it's, um, it's interesting. It's real life. You know, this is, this is what, this is not necessarily what happens in the DPP, but it's what people, you know, want to watch and, and are interested in watching and seeing the, uh, the relationships between people. That's, that's why we watch television. It's all about escapism and, and, uh, watching people build relationships, watching relationships fall apart, people relate to certain certain aspects of the storyline. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all about, you know, creating interesting television and, and that escapism where people can, you know, pull out of their reality a little bit and watch other people and, and, and sort of go on the journey with them, really, you know, allow them to to delve into their own experiences and, and maybe relate to certain situations that they see on screen. So it's all about creating a, uh, being true to life, but also creating something interesting and, and, and watchable and, and, uh, and, uh, I keep using the word dynamic, but that's, that's kind of the, um, the essence of it all creating a nice dynamic that, that, you know, people are, are interested in watching. Yeah, it is definitely interesting. Those, the, to the the hard scenes and the softer scenes in the in the, in the show, so uh, definitely worth a watch. We'll come back to Crownies in just a moment, but I just wanted to, if I could talk talk about you for a moment. Um, yeah. Obviously, your main television career started with Home and Away and playing Aidan Jeffries. I was just wondering though, what some people might not know is that you actually initially only appeared in half a dozen episodes um, in August two thousand and five, and then return to the later part of 2007 if I'm correct tell me about the circumstances around that and the decision to return you to the show yeah that's you're actually 100% right it was only uh that my initial uh contract was I think six weeks so my first term was uh like as Aiden uh ironically I actually auditioned for um Jack the who ended up being played by Paul O'Brien Oh yeah, who was the police officer? So uh, that was my first audition, and then uh, I obviously didn't get that. And then within a couple of months, I had a call to and was asked to play Aiden, just a just a small guest role. So it was the it was pretty much well, it was my first gig. It was my first television gig. So as you can imagine, you know, uh, a mix of emotions of you know completely ecstatic to given an opportunity, but also you know <laughs> more nervous than you can possibly imagine. So that that was my first uh, official gig, you could say. Um, and then from there, I did just sort of small guest roles on Blue Water High and Blackjack, uh, McLeod's Daughters. And then I did a really uh, blink and you'll miss it role in, um, in a film called Fool's Gold, which had Matthew McConaughey in it. Um, and then from there, I think it was around that period, just after shooting that, uh, that the offer came up to how it actually officially worked is they asked me to come back as Aiden for another guest role. And during filming that, 
they approached me and, and, and asked if I'd like to continue on uh, with a small gap and come back as sort of a, a more prominent sort of lead character. So that's pretty much how it unfolded, really. I was... Uh, it, it was. I was really fortunate, you know. I think. I think it's one of those things where if you work hard as a guestie and they uh, they see you putting in the effort and and the, your focus, etc., they're they're more they're more inclined to continue writing stories for you. So I was just fortunate that they uh, that they saw potential with Aiden, and then um, you know I could come back as as a more regular gig and and really sort of gain a lot of experience through it. Well, it definitely is an interesting journey. Um, as you said, as we said, you made an appearance in two thousand and five, and we're not upgraded to full cast member and appearing in the in the opening credits until two thousand and eight. Uh, then it was two thousand and nine mm. when you won the uh, Silver Logie for most popular actor in a television series. Uh, tell me about the uh, the Logies and and that sort of winning moment. Yeah, that, that was surreal. To be honest, that was um, didn't really feel like that was actually happening to me. I, uh, the whole what what's hard to understand with with home and away is that you you're thrown into this uh this realm this this world of um not only fast paced work and huge workload you know hat off to the to the guys that are you know that still do it day in day out because it's extremely demanding and you know time consuming and and uh a lot of work required at home if you really want to put the effort in um but you're also thrown into the public eye you know on an extreme level uh particularly if your character has a good reception and, and the audiences are, are interested in seeing more of him, they sort of push, project a little bit more as well. So for me, um, the, the public eye was a really big shift in my life. And then my first nomination, just to get nominated, I was like, I didn't even know what was going on. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, what, I'm nominated? It, it just doesn't, it doesn't sit in your head. I've never even step, set foot on a Logies, let alone being now nominated. And then to win, it was just... I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember any part of my speech. Like I literally don't remember saying anything. I remember hearing my name, and then as soon as my name get called out, it's all blank. I remember walking up the wrong set of stairs, and then I got up there. I don't remember. All I remember is I remember looking down at my hands when I got to the podium, and they were shaking like a leaf. And I remember seeing an elderly person in the audience, and that's pretty much my only memory. Um, <laughs> Because it was just it was just surreal. I I couldn't believe that it actually happened. Um, and I don't know. I've I've watched the footage back before, and and I actually look relatively calm, which is a complete surprise. Because I came off stage just not knowing what hit me. Um, but you know, it was it was really humbling. It was it was a great it was a great experience. You know, I I, I felt honoured to sort of be be you know to have that sort of response from the audience because after all it, it's it's it is just audience voted so it's not it's not industry related so it was just nice to have that that recognition from people and that support so it was a nice sort of start to the uh to the career really all all that time on the home and away you um you, you must have uh, made some good friends i i did I believe I read that you were flatmates at different times with Mark first Lincoln Lewis. Do you still keep in touch with those guys or any other home and away people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Mark Fursey, he's he, he's over he's overseas in LA. He's doing the band thing. I mean, he's still um, interested in acting, but his his passion has always been his band. So he's um, he's over there giving it a red hot crack, um, and. Lincoln's still working in in Australia here as well. Um, I think he's he's looking at moving overseas at some point. So, 
Yeah, I, I lived with Lincoln for about a year, and then I was with Fursey for about two years. Um, and at the, I mean, from the home and away days, uh, extremely close with with Jess Toby, who played who played Bell. Um, you know, she's I, I guess you could pretty much call her one of you know my best friend, my best female friend. She's um, she's amazing. I've, I've we we got along so well, and interestingly enough, we didn't actually think it was going to work. We both separately went up to the producers when we found out that our storyline was going to link up, and, and we said to Cameron, "Well, she produced the show." We said, um, "Yeah, look, we just don't think it's going to work." You know, we both separately went up, we unbeknownst to each other. And then uh, ended up being this great dynamic. And from day one on set, we uh, with their storylines when when they finally intertwined, they uh, the, it was fantastic. I just I just love her to death. I think she's she's not only brilliant, she's an amazing person, and uh, and we get along like a house on fire. So it's been great. She's she you know I'd, I'd take a bullet for her, and and uh, she'd be my closest friend from 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 home and away. I'd imagine. And then also I've got from the female wise but then I, I also lived with uh Conrad Colby now who played Roman. Oh yeah. On the show. So he's my flatmate on the mo- at at the moment. So uh yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's it's I think that's the one thing about the industry. You've you know that everyone who you meet along the way and work on different shows, you both have the exact same interests. So it's 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 easy to spark up some some lifelong friendships with these people. Hey, just a quick word on that. Um what you refer to as the blink and miss moment in the in the fool's goal with Matthew McConaughey yeah. and, and Kate Hudson, oh, just yeah. tell us about that experience. Was I mean I know it was a blink and miss moment, but it, was was there a story to tell or uh, what, what about that experience? Yeah, I mean look, it, uh, a blink and miss moment on screen, but epic in re, in regards to my own experience. Um, at that point, I'd done a few small guest roles, and then next minute, I'm being Actually, ironically, it was the first day of my shooting on McLeod's Daughters. Um, I was literally on the way to set, like a 6 a.m. start, being picked up on the way out to the countryside because we sort of stayed in the city and filmed out in the country. And uh, I was I was driving and um, and I got a call to say that uh, I'd got fool's gold. So at that point, I think I'd done two guest roles, three guest roles max. So for me, it was it was it was kind of a, again another surreal moment where I knew Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson were in it. So it was, and Donald Sutherland as well. It was like, what's going on here? You know, I, it, it was it was mind blowing. And then the actual being part of the actual production itself was was a great experience because I sort of I didn't have a lot of on screen time or a lot in front of the camera. But I, you know, you're on set a lot of the time still, and you get to you know, I had a couple of scenes with, with Matthew and, uh, and also obviously you got to meet Kate on set and we went out, you know, the sort of the whole cast would go out for drinks and dinners, etc. So it was, it was, it was amazing, you know, as a, as a young actor coming through and getting to work with these people and, and, uh, experience what a huge set would be like, because, you know, we're talking a hundred million dollar American feature film. So you can, you can understand how, how huge that huge scale it was, um, and we're filming with choppers and half a million dollar speed boats and these massive cameras and huge boats out in the ocean. Just, just we'd, we'd literally get transported by boat onto this massive cruiser just to have lunch, and we'd sit in there in on the decks and eat our lunch, and then jump back on the speed boat and take them back out to the island where we're shooting. And like it was just, it was ludicrous, you know. Mm. So 
from a from a um, experience level, it was amazing. We stayed in Port Douglas for four weeks of luxury and and staying in a resort. It was really just a holiday. So, nice. um, in that perspective, it was it was fantastic. I didn't, uh, and, and you know, it was great just to experience what it's like to be on a large set. Um, so yeah, that that's certainly what I what I sort of got out of that experience. Well, the, well, the ladies um, will know that you know Matthew McConaughey is obviously known. Well, for lots of things in his movie roles, but his cut body as well. I mean, you had a scene in that movie on the uh, on the beach where, where you were both shirtless, and you're sort of giving give him a bit of a run for his money. Was, was that an interesting experience, or is, is that just another scene, or is it a bit weird or embarrassing? Or oh, I think I think matching anyone matching up to Matthew McConaughey is going to have a bit of a tough time. So I yeah. certainly wasn't wasn't going to have a flex off with him. Um, it, he he was he was pretty ripped at the time, and, and we were actually talking about talking to him about his his training regime, etc. But I mean, I, I just I kind of just played you know the college jock um, with a actually a mate of mine was playing my friend on the show too, Jason Dundas, who's a good friend of mine as well. Uh, he works on 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 Getaway primarily. Um, so for us, it was just literally an opportunity to be on a be on a speedboat and have fun and yeah. and and race around the ocean. That was that was honestly what it was like. That we didn't have it. There was no difficult character breakdown or or description that we had to work alongside. It was literally just go out there, appear like you're having the best time of your life. That you you know rich college jo- college jocks and and uh, oh and by the way Matthew McConaughey will be in the boat with you and you'll be you'll be chucking him out into the ocean and throwing him <laughs> beer and. <laughs> just make sure you hit this mark and say this line and say it with an American accent that really at the end of the day I, I can't really talk it up to be this massive you know this incredible acting experience because it was it was easy you know uh, so it was more so just that just the the excitement element of it and being being a part of the production that was that was the uh, that was a fun part of it all you know just just being amongst that and and uh, being out in the sunshine in Port Douglas well, just uh, I mean, add to that. I mean, you obviously are fit, though. So, I mean, tell us what kind of routine. I mean, obviously not your whole schedule, but I mean, what what do you do to keep um, health and healthy and keep up that fitness? Um, I, I, yeah, you're right. I, to be honest, uh, workload sort of basically allows absolutely zero uh, set specific regime. Um, some days you can be doing 14, 15 hour days and coming, you know, getting home at nine o'clock at night, and then you've got lines to learn and dinner to eat at 11 p.m. and you're sitting in front of your scripts, you know, cramming lines so you can go to bed to get up at five again. So there, there's, you know, as far as a regime, I certainly don't have that. I, I, I think physic, with regards to physicality, I mean, for something like rescue, uh, I wanted the physicality to be there because I think it's important to reflect that because of the the character and what he represented, and he was a bit of an adrenaline junkie, and I needed the that presence there on screen physically because you know I was working with uh, with Les Hill as well, and he's a built guy, and uh, that element of of not only presence but um, what's the word I'm looking for. Feeling, feeling like this is my job. You know that, that when yeah. you look at me as as a um, as, as part of the rescue chopper team, that that is my job, and and I'm 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 good at it. You know that that is that is what I need to sell before I even open my mouth or move. You know, mm. so physically, I, I sort of work pretty hard for that. Um, was training sort of three to four days a week, and then now it's 
I find it's a lot of psychology too. If if I'm training and I feel fit and I'm um, I'm working out when I do get time, it helps me psychologically. You know, yeah. It, it changes your posture, changes your, your mentality, releases endorphins into your system. So it it has more ways than just you know just looking good. Um, for example, the physicality for Crown is is I don't I, you know there's there's not a huge need for him to be you know muscly or ripped or anything that's that's not a character requirement um but you know ben my my character is vain to a degree and and uh and and is all about uh perception and and uh and looking good and and particularly for the ladies so he uh you know it kind of works works in line with that as well so i just kind of do it do it when i can i'm not obsessed with it you know i try to eat really well but I, I noticed that I've, you know, that I definitely slipped a little bit since rescue, but that's just because, being because of uh, because of the workload. So I go through different periods. Once I've had a bit of a break, I I um I get back into it, but it's usually just mainly um, weights. I don't really do any cardio because I play sort of a bit of touch footy, and I'm fairly fit in that regard anyway. So it's yeah. mainly just for building muscle, etc. Uh, look, we couldn't do an interview without you with at least one question about um, underbelly. I mean, that must have been a good role to sink your teeth into after all the drama and beach scenes of Home and Away, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. Under underbelly was fantastic. I, I got to I got to play a detective, which is kind of a mini fantasy um, in my own life. Anyway, I think if I if I wasn't if I wasn't doing uh, doing acting, I'd like to be involved in the in the police or law enforcement to some degree. Um, so to be honest, that that was that was a bit of a buzz, you know, getting that opportunity. I know Underbelly had a had a great reputation as well in the industry and and with the public as well for for creating good drama. So I jumped at that chance. It came at a perfect time as well. I I was just finishing up on um, on uh, on Cloud Street and and actually was on a holiday. I just went to New Zealand to go snowboarding and and got a call whilst I was over there. So it was. It was, oh, sorry, no, that was beforehand. Sorry, I totally mixed it up. That was rescue. Sorry. That's <laughs> um, Underbelly came just after Cloud Street, you know, so everything everything sort of blurs together. Um, so, yeah, it came at a perfect time um, after finishing Cloud Street and, and another way to sort of branch away from home and, as, home and away as well. I, I mean, I loved that opportunity doing Home and Away, but after two and a half years, I, my fear of being typecast was, was high and I wanted to, keep recreating myself as an actor and making new choices so yeah it was it was perfect timing it was a, it was a great experience and what else is uh, coming up for you i mean are you still filming filming crownies or what what's beyond that at the moment um that's to be honest Aaron, that's that's pretty much my main my main focus at the moment i don't uh as i said we i mean we don't have any time anyway to be able to look at any other projects but we get about three months off at the end of this year um before uh touchwood season two starts if you know obviously if all goes well and it goes ahead uh season yep. two will start early 2012 so that is you know meant to be the holiday period of three months but i um i'd love to to, to work in that time as well i'm a bit of a workaholic with with this stuff and and I'd love to, you know, make a, make a whole new choice, make a whole new bold character choice and, and go with a totally different project and something that's interesting and, and, and that I keep gaining experience with really. Uh, that's at the end of the day what I want to do. I sort of want to have a, have a good repertoire and, and, uh, 
and be prepared psychologically and physically and, and ability-wise as much as I possibly can, you know, so that um, I'm known for my work, you know, as opposed to as opposed to just just the the celebrity side of things, which doesn't interest me at all. So it's um it's about continuing to build that 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 CV, etc., and and uh, and my experience. So if if a job does come up, then I'll definitely look at it. There's a couple of things floating around that uh, that I have been looking at, um, but again, it's a short gap, so. It'll just depend on time restraints, etc. But if something comes up, then I'll definitely jump at it. But other than that, I might just sort of use that time as, as downtime, have a bit of a holiday, and, and prep for for twenty twelve. Yeah. Well, I want to finish this podcast by by um just talking about crowning. So, last couple of questions. Um, yeah. Look, just a slightly curly one. I, I, as I said, I just did watch the first double episode. Um, today now there was a reference in the series that your character was lucky to escape a drug charge a, a year earlier is is that supposed to be a tongue-in-cheek reference to a a real life incident or is that just a total coincidence no absolutely 100 percent coincidence funnily oh. enough uh yeah no no reference at all that was the character breakdown when i when i first read read the actual character back in uh war Sort of September, October of of 2010. So yeah, no no relevance at all. I just thought I'd ask the question. I was just watching it. I just uh, um, look. You were t- talking about your character on a sort of life changing, going through a life changing um, part of his life in the first few episodes. Mm-hmm. What sort what sort of um, journey is your character be go- going to be going through, or is it you can't really speak too much because it'll let too much out of the bag. Yeah, it's it's really difficult because again, it's it's hard to give specifics and without giving too much away. Um, the, the the great thing that I've loved about Ben's story arc is is that he he's all about facade. You know, he what he projects is most certainly not what's going on in in internally, um, which makes him really interesting and and makes his choices really interesting and and his journey interesting because he. He he he's very quick to judge and and definitely judges things by the cover and uh, and that actually gets him in in trouble a lot of the time. But it also opens up great opportunities for him to for him to learn and develop as a person too. So there's particularly cases. Um, there's some serious relationship things that go on as well. Uh, there's a there's a really close family member incident that basically shifts his whole perspective as well but the the cases as well the day-to-day work that he deals with and um and finding that fine line between being emotionally invested in the case or just looking at it from a professional perspective because that's what you need to do you need to differentiate that 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 difference of uh of taking the work on personally and and uh, you know Almost making making a decision to take sides to a degree. There's one case in particular where um, there's an uh, my uh, the victim that I'm dealing with is uh, he accidentally kills his own son. So without giving too much away there as well, you've you, you've got a lot of moral issues that that are, that are raised there with regards to you know he's already given himself a life sentence by killing his own son so my opinion was that you know prosecuting doesn't change anything because it's not like he it was it was accidental anyway so there was no there was no intention to harm so what is the point of prosecuting but then there's also 
On the other hand, the the idea of what's called general deterrence, so if we make the public aware and that there is a prosecution and he is punished, it'll deter other people from making the same mistake. You know, people leave kids in leave kids in the car all the time, you know, they might run in to get a coffee or you yeah. know, or run into their friend's house and get distracted and on a hot day, you know, that sort of scenario. So it's um there's a lot of there's a lot of scope for him to for him to grow as a person and to understand what what it is and 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 dealing with constantly that that fine line as I mentioned before between becoming emotionally invested in the case and and he's extremely he's got an extremely strong opinion as well he's he's very opinionated with 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 all the cases he gets given so it uh it's interesting to see how he deals with those with those situations you know and, and how they therefore play out. Yeah. Well, um, I guess finally for television viewers that have perhaps seen some of the shorts of the series or are listening to this podcast, tell us sort of in a nutshell why this show is worth checking out and, and what they can expect from the series. Yeah, uh, I'd, li- I'd like to think it's it's really worth checking out in the sense that um, it has something to, to offer for for a range of different audiences. You know, we cater for, for the younger sort of generation right up to, you know, the... I'd like to call them veterans of life, <laughs> um, different age brackets, and uh, you know, there's sex, there's temptation, there's there's gripping storylines, there's comedy, there's light moments, there's dark moments, there's beautiful moments. So I, I think it sort of caters for for everyone's needs. If if there's any you know apprehension with people who, for example, might not be interested in a legal show, it, it's not it's not so solidly based that it just becomes all courtroom you know i think i've spent about 15 percent of my time in the courtroom so it's 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 they're beautiful emotional journeys with with um really diverse characters and i I think it's going to be one of those shows where people will latch onto a particular character relate to that person and then and then drive the storyline with them so i think uh i think there's you know something for everyone in there uh, absolutely, it's, it's very very hard to pigeonhole. And maybe that's that's a good thing. It's um, yeah, I don't absolutely. know. Cross between winners and losers, offspring, Boston Legal, Law and Order. It's cross between. I think a little bit of everything, which which is great. So um, look, uh, yeah, I, thanks so much for joining me here at the uh, TV Central um, podcast, and good luck with the debut on July fourteenth. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Aaron. Cheers. Todd LaSance, principal cast member of the new series Crownies, which begins with a feature-length episode at 8.30pm Thursday, July 14th on ABC One. Well worth a look. Well, that's it for another TV Central podcast. Please join me for a new one coming up soon. Until then, I'm Aaron Ryan for TV Central. See you then.